Good morning, everyone. Y'all are happy today. I love seeing a happy church. So good to see all of you. I'm so happy you're here. Happy, was it Labor Day weekend? And you guys are here today. This is so awesome. I'm going to go ahead and have you stand to your feet for just a moment. You know, uh, God is doing something very special here at Faith Builders Church. How many can sense what the Spirit of the Lord is doing? And our Wednesday night prayer was so special. And God has been really speaking some significant things. And I'll be sharing a lot as the weeks go on. And this is our last Sunday where we're having two services. And just by this service already, next Sunday is going to be amazing. We are combining everybody under one house of worship. Together we worship, together we praise. And I know we're going to have to throw down chairs, but God has instructed us just to come together in the unity of the faith right now at Faith Builders. And I'm telling you, next Sunday is going to be on fire. I already sense what the Lord is doing. So 10 o'clock next Sunday, don't forget. But God's doing something special. And, you know, I've really been, well, let me pray and then I'll just let you all sit down so you can get comfortable. But, Lord, I thank you this morning for this amazing church. I thank you for your presence in this place. That, God, you are such a faithful God. And you honor your word and you honor your promises, Father God. And I just ask, Lord, today as we share the word of God together, let it speak to our hearts in the way that we're supposed to hear, God. Let it challenge us. Let it stir us, Lord God. Let it be an excitement to our heart today. I just thank you, God, that not one person is here by mistake. Not one person watching online, whether now or later, that, Lord, you transcend time and you transcend space. And your anointing and presence is here today. And I'm so thankful for that, Father God. Have your way in this service. Have your way with the word of God. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, everyone said amen and amen. You may be seated. With this transition that we're making, um, I really know the hand of the Lord is on it. And I've been asking the Lord about the word of God for Faith Builders Church. You know, God, what are you doing? You know, as a pastor, we can raise the, is, are you guys a little hot in here? We can put the AC down just a little bit. Um, but what I, want, I want everybody to be comfortable. But I've been asking the Lord, you know, God, what is the word? What is the word of God for the church of Jesus Christ? I shared last week a little bit that I'm listening for prophets to hear what they're saying to the churches. And it just seems like God is not speaking through the prophets right now. And um, so I've been walking in praying about our church and what does the church of Jesus Christ look like. And I know the church of Jesus Christ is strong and it will come back with a vengeance. And the gates of hell cannot prevail the local church. No matter what the assignment of the enemy is, God will always prevail. But I've been looking, well, God, what, what are you really saying? And so, you know, we hear that key word revival, that God's doing a revival. And I've used it myself. And as I was praying this week, I said, you know, Lord, what is the word for faith builders? What are you doing in the body of Christ right now? And the Lord just put in front of me this word awakening. That God is awakening the body of Christ. And so I looked at those two things because I've been in revivals. I'm old enough to have been through a couple of them. I was real little in the first one and I seen a move of God in the second one. And let me just um, share with you what revival means and the differences. Because 
Um, it really helped me understand what God is doing. But if there's a revival, that word means this. It's an improvement in the condition or strength of something. Now, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? We do need revival and we do need the strengthening of the church. But I just heard the Lord say, I'm not moving for, through revival. It's not just about strengthening something that's weak. Because with revival, you have to keep sustaining it. You have to keep working revival. You have to quit, go in the mat and you've got to push through this revival. But when there's awakening, the word awakening means this. It's an act or moment of becoming suddenly aware of something. And I believe God is awakening the church of Jesus Christ. Where maybe we've been lulled to sleep and what we've gone through in the last year and a half has had every challenge thrown at us that can come our way. I mean, literally, you think, is there going to be one more thing? I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and what's going to be on the news? And I think that as the church of Jesus, we are going to awaken to what God is doing beyond the scene of what's happening in the world today. God's going to awaken his church, and, and we begin to see what God sees. That's a church that will be set on fire. And when there's this awakening that comes, you don't have to sustain awakening. Because when we become awake and we see what God is doing, we hear what God is doing, it's a movement that cannot be stopped. And I believe that this awakening is going to happen and it will remain until Jesus begins to show himself here on earth. So we are entering into a good season of Jesus Christ. And people are going to come into the church and, and the harvest is ripe, the Bible says, but the laborers are few. And so as we were praying Wednesday night, there were so many beautiful prophetic things that came forth. And the Lord showed me uh, some amazing things. But as I was praying, this, these two words came out of my mouth. And it was just like a horn from heaven. If you're an intercessor, you may understand what I'm saying. But I, I had the microphone and I heard the Lord say, you matter. And it came from heaven. It was like, you matter. And God isn't talking about the church. He wants you to know today that you matter to the heart of God. And that your life is important. And you were born for such a time as this. You are called in this moment. You are anointed to live in the world we're living in today. You're equipped by God to do the mission that God has put on the inside of your heart. And you matter. And this is one of the most difficult things for the body of Christ to really get on the inside of them, that you matter in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The devil has fought so hard to segregate the church of Jesus Christ. The world came with an assignment, let's put everybody in our homes, let's separate everybody. But there's an awakening happening in the spirit where we cannot separate from the house of God. We cannot separate from the presence of God. We cannot separate from worship because the church is God's bride. And we are called to come together as the body of Jesus Christ. And listen, your part to play in that is so valuable. It's so important because the church cannot be what it's called to be if every working part is not in play. And there's something about who you are, your uniqueness, the way that God designed you, the way that you think, the, your, even your irritabilities, you know God wants to use those. God wants to use your unique who you are because there's something about you, the way that God made you, that will have a voice to somebody else who will hear it from somebody like you. But if I was to go talk to somebody like that, they'd look down on me. They'd be like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You've never lived my life. You've never lived my story. And I may not have that influence, but you do. Your story matters. Your life is important in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And God wants to use you just the way that you are. 
And he's not looking for perfect people. And I'm going to go through a few scriptures today. He's not looking for you to know all things. He's just looking for you to know him. But you have to understand that you are uniquely created by God. And there's something inside of you that God wants to use to further the kingdom of God. And you may feel insignificant and you may feel like it's not important, but you are important to God. And your part to play is so important in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. When you read the parable of, of Jesus in scripture and he talks about he had a hundred sheep, the shepherd had a hundred sheep and one wandered away. That shepherd left the 99 for the one. Why? Because the one matters. What you're going through, your heart's desires, the things that are troubling, troubling your heart, you matter to God. And God wants to meet all those things that are going on on the inside of your heart. I said in first service, if I had a drawer full of the same bracelet, if I had 100 bracelets that were exactly the same and I lost one, I could just go to the drawer and get another one. But if I had one that had value, I'd do everything I can to find that bracelet. And you have to understand today that your role is not insignificant in the kingdom of God. And you may feel inadequate and all these things are going to come against you. But God has something in you that's unique to the body of Jesus Christ. You matter. There are people that are going to walk in this church and you're going to be right where you're supposed to be that day. And you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their Saturday night was. Maybe they were oppressed. Maybe they wanted to take their life. But they wandered on this property and you were right there at the gate. And you were there at the smile. And you were there to shake their hand. And you may never know their story till you get to heaven. But they'll tell that story years down the road and go, I was at Faith Builders Church. And this beautiful girl shook my hand and smiled at me. And that changed my life. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I've never been the same. And you think, oh, shaking your hand, smiling, that's insignificant. No, it's not. God will use who you are in position where you are in the body of Christ that somebody will look at you, somebody will relate to you, somebody will connect to who you are that they may not connect to anybody else, but because you are planted and because you say, Lord, here am I, God will connect you to somebody's life that will change them forever. Amen? You're created for a purpose. And that's really why we're here. We can enjoy everything the world has. God put us here just like the Garden of Eden. He put Adam and Eve there and he said, enjoy the garden. God wants us to live a life, but we have to live it attached to purpose or it's meaningless. And that's why the world is empty and hopeless and, and they're fearful and they don't know what to do and there's confusion because we've got out of alignment with the importance of the church of Jesus Christ. And allowing God to become the center and using who you are to change someone's life. Amen. You're invaluable today to the kingdom of Jesus. That word invaluable means this. It means priceless. It means you are indispensable or irreplaceable. And you may think today, oh, God can use somebody else. God will put somebody else in that position. God will, and God's saying, no, I put something in you. For this moment to be like a cog in the kingdom that's supposed to turn, there's something about your purpose that God is saying, I don't want to use anybody else. I've called you for such a time as this. What's on the inside of you? Today you are called, every one of you. It's not just about the five-fold ministry anymore. You know, we're going to talk about the body of Christ. It's not just about the pastor anymore. It's about you being called, you being the church of Jesus Christ. You have been chosen and you are capable to do what God is asking you to do. 
And all I ask as, as the pastor and I, all the spirit of the Lord is asking, do you have ears to hear what I'm trying to say in your life? Let's not look at what the world says. What is the spirit of the living God saying that is truth and life in our life? Because when we connect to what the spirit of the Lord is saying, that gives us joy. That gives us peace that the world can't take it away. But we can look at everything in the world and it will rob your peace the first second you open up your phone, doesn't it? It robs our joy and it puts fear. And what it does is it takes away the hope of the church of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. But the church of Jesus is arising. There is an awakening coming. There is something so special happening. And I don't care if no prophet is declaring it. I know what the spirit of the Lord is saying. I'm opening my mouth. And there is an awakening of the church of Jesus Christ. It is not over. There's a season for the end times to come. And it, it will all play itself out. But the harvest is ripe. And the laborers are few. So the church, we have to rally, get back into what we're supposed to do in the kingdom. And this isn't about guilt and condemnation. This isn't about any of that. This should give us hope and excitement that I have a purpose. There's reason I'm breathing, I'm breathing air on earth today. And it's not just to get through and weed through the garbage of the world today. If my story, if my, my, what God did in my life can change one person's life, it had been worth it all. Amen? Loving on the baby's back or whatever it is. But what happens? The church feels exactly the opposite of God valuing us. We feel worthless. We look at everybody else while well, they're really spiritual or they really know the word of God. They really know how to pray. You ever heard anybody pray? They're like, they can use really good words and a lot of good scriptures. And you think, why do I need to pray? They're doing a good job all by themselves. But there's something about your voice there's something about your sound that God gave you that I may be able to say a lot of words because God gave me a lot of them and I just use them all the time. I may be able to have a lot of words and a lot of scriptures, but it doesn't mean I'm penetrating the forces of hell against someone's life if they didn't hear your voice or your sound. You're not insignificant to God. Your part to play is not invaluable. There's something on the inside of you that God wants to awaken in this hour. I was telling in first service, my cousin, he's the one who taught me, uh, we used to go to the hospitals and pray for people and street ministry. And I'd be like, don't ask me to say anything. I don't want to pray. I just want to go in and go out and I'm going to watch you. And how many know that didn't last like 30 seconds? I would pray my heart out. And, you know, I'd had a lot of words, a lot of scriptures. And my cousin Phil, he didn't pray that way. And he didn't try to pray another way. He was true to himself. He literally just lay hands on him. And it was kind of like that awkward pause, like, say something, you know. He didn't. He's just, his eyes are closed. And he's like, Jesus. That's all he'd say, Jesus. And I'd be like, that's all you got, bro? Like, I know you know one verse or something spiritual. And you know those people would get healed? Because it wasn't about all of that. He was true to himself, and he knew the name of Jesus worked. And God worked through that name. And he didn't have to be anything else than what he was. And that needs to free us as the body. You, thank God we don't have 100 Bar Pruitts running around. Y'all go pick another church. You'll be like, it's crazy up in here. Ask the pastors and elders. They have to slow my boat all the time. But I have my part to play, amen. And so do you. 
The church is not about one person today. It's not about mega preachers anymore. And, and that, I'm not going to say there's not going to have God's going to use, but it's going to be about the church. It's going to be about you using your voice, you laying hands on people, you pro prophesying the word of God. And when we become the church, the awakening happens, and there's a move of God that cannot be stopped. God will give you courage in the way that he's called you to be. Amen. So what happens? We get insecure when God asks something of us. What if I make a mistake? You're probably going to. What if I made big mistakes? You probably did. And that's okay. The biggest lie that the enemy gives Christians in the church is, if I wasn't here, it wouldn't matter. If I didn't show up on Sunday, who would miss me? And that's the biggest lie of the enemy. Because your part in the kingdom of God, whether big or small, is significant. Why else would the devil try to keep people out of the house of the Lord, feeling like you're worthless, feeling like you don't measure up, feeling like you're not spiritual enough, and my part isn't important anyway. I'll tell you this as a pastor, after four years of leading the church, I know when you're not here. And it's not because I look around and go, they show up today. No, my heart knows you can ask the pastors, I'll say, was so-and-so here? Is everything okay? Let's call them. Why? Because you matter. There's a connection in the kingdom that we come together and you matter in the house of the Lord. There's something unique in you that God wants to use in this season. So let's look at scripture quickly. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Every one of you have a part to play in this body of Christ. It's not enough just to have the head, the visionary, the mouthpiece. It's the whole body functioning and working together. I can cast all the vision and I can tell you that you matter and that God has a place for you. But if you don't think your part is important, the whole body will not be able to function according to its purpose. You think, well, I'm just a hand, it doesn't matter. I just spray the chairs, it doesn't matter. I just rock the babies, I don't see any change. And the devil makes your position feel so small and adequate. And you'll see that actually what you do in the small things are actually the bigger things. But we need each other. We need one another. There's protection when we come to the body. We're, now we're not one, we're a body. We come together. I want to show you this. I looked up some animals this, this weekend. Of uh, We're going to put the first one up there. Uh, we have an elephant here. If an elephant is standing alone, it's called an elephant. But when it comes together, who can tell me what it's called when there's a group of them? It's called a herd. We'll put the lions up there. Lions are kind of scary by themselves as it is. But that lion has a name lion by itself. But when it comes together, what's it called? A pride. There's a protection. What happens? The name changes. The identity of that one animal changes when there's the group that comes together. We got the group of cheetahs. Who knows what they're called? Does anybody know by chance? Because I literally had to Google it. It's called a coalition. The cheetahs all together is called a coalition. Their names changes. Okay, the next one. Group of donkeys. We know what we'd like to call them. We're not going to call them that today. <laughs> sure, we've all used it once or twice. We've been getting closer to Jesus, but we're not there yet. A group of donkeys is called what? Who can tell me? It's called a pace. So 
a, donkey, a donkey standing alone, but a pace, they come together. A group of cows, how, crows, I mean, who, how, who knows what the group of crows are? Pastor Jenny, were you in first service? Who said that? Somebody cheated. Murder. No, you knew it. Murder. That's why we all hate crews. crows. The last one is this, a group of vultures. This is actually kind of funny. Who knows what a group of vultures is called? That wasn't in first service. It's called the committee. Now, you know churches who have committee, what it looks like now. Thank God faith builders do not run by a committee. But listen, individually, they each have one name. But together they have a new identity. You are a Christian out there alone. But when we come together, we are the church of Jesus Christ. We are a force to be reckoned with. We come together in worship and praise and the word of God. And the world's going to come in who is hopeless who needs healing, who needs freedom, and they come into a worship service where the presence of God is together, our pride is together, and they can be set free the moment they walk in that door. I see in the spirit that people are going to walk across this platform and their blinded eyes are going to be open. I see people being healed of cancer. I see people coming in the back door in wheelchairs. When the church can come together and awaken to the powerful move of God and the joy. There's joy in this season. There is hope in this season. Don't believe what the world is trying to identify. The devil is a counterfeit. He's a liar. Don't believe what you see. The church of Jesus Christ is alive and well and going to come out of the ashes. And we're going to see God move in such a spiritual, amazing way. But it's going to take the church. Not just the pastor. The church. What's the part for you to play? We are the body of Christ, amen? His hands, we serve in a capacity. Our feet will go where God tells us to go. Our mouth, we will share what God's called us to share. Our heart, we have a heart of love to reach those who are unlovable. You are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. And I'm going to say this over and over, every part matters. And I'm going to share this letter with you. It's interesting, Pastor Paul talked about a letter from Paul. But if you lead, read the scriptures and the epistles that were letters to the churches 2,000 years ago, people are the same. I mean, the church was the same back then as it is the same today. Just fast forward it 2,000 years. The church struggles. The church went through persecution. The church had to hide out. It's very similar. And so he wrote a letter to the church, and he felt them waning away from what God's called them to do to build the church. So he wrote this letter, and he said this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. If the ear hears, if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if, the whole, if your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? And we believe this lie from the enemy that if I don't have this high position, if I don't have, like, I really feel like I'm making a difference and I'm important, my part doesn't matter anyway. That's what he's saying. If you feel like you're just the foot, I don't have to show up. I don't have to give my part. I don't have to participate. And the body's saying, I need my foot. 
I need you. I need you in that position. I need your place because with everybody together, God can begin to do his will in the local church. That's why we don't see, I should say, awakening in, in the Christian church of America because we've had so many things that have pulled us away in this season. But the, I was just talking with a missionary here in first service, and he said the other countries, India, they're breakouts. They've got their Bible study, and they're, they're soaking in the word of God, and people are being healed and delivered, and this is demonstrations of the word of God. Why? Because they come together and saying, I'm important in this part to play of the local church. I want you to know this morning, your voice matters. Your opinion matters. Now, we're not going to be opinionated. Come on, somebody. But God has called you. There's some people who see things and be like, man, that's the way we should be doing this. Or, boy, this would really bless people. Or that should change because of this. You see a perspective because of who you are. That is important. It would see something that maybe I don't see. You may see a perspective or a program or something we can do that I, I'm not going to see because I'm, I'm casting the vision. But when you see it and you bring it, it's like, yes, let's do that. Let's help change someone's life, right? There's different things that people see in the body of Christ that if that is fixed or changed or, or given to, they'll walk in and their hearts will be blessed. You know, this sounds so simple, and we actually got attacked for doing it, but our parking lot was a disaster a couple years ago. It was like fine little gravel, and I was terrified people were going to fall and somebody was going to hurt themselves. And, and I said, we got to put in a brand new parking lot. And there's some people who could drive on the gravel, wouldn't even think twice, like, oh, no big deal, I'm good. But there's some people who would drive in, and drive in and drive out because that parking lot shows ministry of excellence. And you guys did it. And that may seem insignificant. Oh, we're going to make the parking lot and put pretty stripes. No, that speaks about the kingdom of God, of excellence and value. And we take care of what God has given us. That's important to people. And so we don't want somebody to drive through because of a nasty parking lot and they get to miss the word of the Lord that God sent them here to hear. So whatever is your passion, whatever in your heart, it is important to God. It doesn't have to be the pulpit. It doesn't have to be selling your soul and going to some mission field. It just has to be your part that God speaks. Amen. Your presence. Sometimes you just sitting in that chair. You're the one that's supposed to be there for whoever's going to come in and sit next to you. You don't know that assignment. You don't know that handshake, that love, that prayer. You don't know what somebody, God, sits next to you in this church that's going to be coming in. You're there to give the right word, the right feeling of comfort to that person. Doesn't that make you want to just show up at your chair every week and say, God, who's, who's coming for me? Who am I going to love on? Who am I going to pour hope into? Who am I going to give the word of the Lord and just encourage them? Right? That's, that's being expectant for God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 21. It says this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. This is so powerful. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Let me read that again. Some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. You feel like you're not able. You feel insecure. You feel like there's, you have no part to play in the kingdom of God. And really, it's your story. 
that's so important. It's your history. It's what you've gone through that will change someone's life. So I decided to do a little study on weaker parts of our body that we may not pay attention to. So I looked at the hand, and I'm like, I wonder how important the pinky is. Like, I'm very thankful I have all five of them. But what value does this little bitty member have on my hand? And when you look it up, study says that 50% of your hand strength comes from your little pinky. 50% of your hand strength from this little bitty member. See, there's a part that you play and you think, well, it's so little and it's insignificant and I don't bring value to the table. Yes, you do. You bring a strength to that hand, that this hand is not handicapped, that it can do what God's called it to do. It can go where God wants it to go when we're all in our place. Are you guys hearing this? It's not condemnation. Please, just tell the devil to go if that's how you feel. Because that's not this message. It's to show the importance. This church is about to do something so incredible for the kingdom of God. And it needs you. You're important. I can give the vision, but I cannot move the church. The hands, the feet, the arms, the legs, the pinky. It's all important. Every part is important. So I looked up the uvula, that little thing that hangs on the back of your throat. <laughs> like that almost seems a little insignificant. I think, well, it probably blocks germs, you know, that kind of thing. But I looked it up, and you know, over a lifetime, that little thing secretes enough saliva to fill two swimming pools. Who would have thought that little bitty joker back there would, I mean, not that you need it. But listen, your little part plays when you give, when you serve, when you're greeting, when you're ushering, whatever it is God's called you to do, it is important. It's always the part that seems the less visible that is actually the most important. You know, I look at our worship team here, and you know, they all have a different role to pray, play in. But there's someone who will come in and just maybe lock in on one of them. And their worship, their praise, their freedom, that sets them free by watching that one person. And they'll never know that story. They'll never know that that person walked out the door and meant, I felt God because I watched their worship. Or I watched the way they played the guitar. It's not insignificant. Every piece of the body working together changes lives. And we just have to see the value of that, amen? You've got a prayer warrior who prays at home. That seems so insignificant. Prayer can be an unrewarding ministry if God calls you to prayer. But if you're that person and you just, you like, you know the assignment and you'll, you'll pray and you'll be at your home and you'll shut everything down and, and God will use me for prayer. I love to pray. I don't know what happens when I pray. I don't know what's going on in that moment that I'm giving of my time and giving of myself when I don't want to do it. There's many times I walk and pray in here. I don't want to do it. But it's that little part, if I feel that unction of God, I don't know whose life is being set free. I don't know who's going to walk through a church door and give their life to Jesus. I don't know what marriage is going to be restored. It seems insignificant. Why should I pray? But if my voice and obedience to God and honoring him can change someone's life. Why do I care? I'll let the Lord bring the reward later down. Yeah, we'd like instant gratification. You don't know your steps of obedience and the price that it's going to take or the, the reward that it will be on the other side of it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. The church is incomplete without all of our contribution, isn't it? It's incomplete. Listen, we all need to be engaged in some way, even if it's just in worship. We all need to be involved, serving, loving, contributing to something to the body of Jesus Christ. 
Because something God wants to be done cannot be done if we're not. He can't fulfill his work. And if he is going to, it will lag in time. It may lag. You know, there are moments that you've got to go through to catch a wave, moments to catch a momentum. And if one of us just kind of kick back and say, well, I'm not valuable, I'm not important, and buy into that lie, a church could miss the moment of really excelling in what God wants to do because we have to come together. Amen? We have to allow God to work in us. And so have any of you ever had, and not many people raised their hand in first service, but had your arm fall asleep while you're sleeping, like you sleep on your arm accidentally and your arm falls asleep. So I was about 12 or 13, and um, I fell asleep on my arm. Now, I didn't realize it. So I ended up just turning over in my bed. Well, when I did, this arm that was asleep hit me right in the face. But I didn't know it was my arm because it was paralyzed and numb. So freaking out, I grabbed my own arm and I threw it across the room because I didn't know what it was. And then I realized it was connected to my body. <laughs> but when something falls asleep, it becomes paralyzed. Right? It becomes dormant. becomes useless to the body. And when we as the body of Christ become paralyzed, this last year and a half has been paralyzing. It's troubling. What do we do? What don't we do? Do we touch people? Do we not touch people? Do we open the doors? Don't we open the doors? All of this thing has paralyzed the body of Christ, and we don't even know what to do. But God is awakening the body. The tingles are coming back. And he's starting to awaken us. I can feel it in the spirit. There's an awakening coming because God doesn't want his church useless. He doesn't want the church dormant. He doesn't want the church paralyzed. He wants the church to awaken in this hour. Amen? So what happens if part of the body is removed or fallen asleep? What happens? The rest of the body has to work harder. And that becomes taxing on a body. Makes a body slow down. When one organ goes bad, the whole body has to now search and rescue and try to heal. And it makes that whole body slow down. And then that body can't function according to its purpose. So if we're all doing our role and whatever God has asked, right, then we know that someone's life's going to be changed. We have to understand that we are the church. We're not an institution. We're not an organization. We're not a company, although it has to function like one to some degree. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And God will have the final say, amen. So what is it about us that would hold us back as we close up? Listen, your past doesn't disqualify you. It prepares you. It prepares you. You have the story and how God came in and God could set someone in your life to share your story. If we can be courageous enough to do that. And God will use that. You don't have to be prepared in any other way. Amen. You may feel my marriage has, has failed and I've had brokenness in the past. How could, how could God ever use me? God don't use perfect people. You look all through scripture, he used broken, unusual people, unusable people that most people would throw away every time. As long as you know that the grace of Jesus and you love God and you love others as you love yourself, that's all you need to know. That's it. And you just let God work through your life. Amen. What do you think could happen if every part of the body engaged in ministry together? What would be different in our communities if we saw our role as valuable to the work of Jesus Christ? 
Listen, God's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. Here I am, Lord, send me. In whatever it is, if it's with the babies for a season, if it's with the children's, if, if it's in the courtyard, if it's on the media and the cameras, that's an important part. If somebody's watching our cameras and, and they want to hear the gospel and, and we don't have someone on there that week and we have to kind of struggle to make it happen and it's not excellent, that person may go to another show that is excellent. So every part of this, what we do here at the church, is important to change lives. It's not about having best of everything. It's about whatever we can do to reach people for Jesus. Amen. Let me just speak this over your life today. Your presence matters to the house of the Lord. Your worship matters to God. You worshiping as someone across the room that could spot your pure worship and could minister to their hearts. You will never know that. I forgot this somewhere in my notes. I'll share the story, but there was a, everybody know about the Gideon Bibles? Gideon Bibles were in all the hotels. And in 1988, in that time, they actually would go on the college campuses and give away little green Bibles to the college students. And in 1988, in the Oklahoma University, a Gideon young man, Gideon uh, employee, was on that campus passing out probably 20 Bibles or so. Little did he know it that his little green Bible got in the hand of an unsaved, unregenerated Craig Rochelle. If you don't know Craig Rochelle, he pastors hundreds of churches. He is evangelistic. He's a word of God man. I mean man of God. He didn't know that he was putting a little green Bible in a heathen's hand. And Craig Rochelle took that little green Bible home. He read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, and all the way through Ephesians. He read that little green Bible. And when he got through Ephesians, he got on his knees and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And now this man is preaching all over the world, changing thousands and thousands. If you've got the Bible app on your phone, you version, is because of his ministry. And they give it away for free. Everything in his ministry he gives away for free. 1989, a little guy had no idea that that little Gideon Bible, a useless, small little pinky detail, changed the course of a man's life forever and thousands and thousands to follow. You don't know what part you play. Craig Rochelle was fortunate. His staff members started doing some research and digging and made some phone calls. And they found the man that was on that campus that day that gave him his Bible. And he got a picture with him, and that man got to hear that that little green Bible changed Craig Rochelle's life forever. You may not get that side of the story. You may, praise God. If you don't, it don't matter. Loving on someone, buying their groceries, sending them a little cash, praying with them, hugging them in the courtyard. Are you okay? Are you doing good? I love you. That means everything. You don't know that that one little thing could have changed the course of a decision they were going to make in the next 24 hours. Leaving their spouse, ending their lives, walking out of a situation. You don't know. But your little part matters. Listen, your story matters. Your gifts matter. Your voice matters. Your generosity, your encouragement, it all matters in the house of the Lord. 
when you give an offering and tithes to this church as you do, it makes a difference. Amen? It's not small. It's big in the kingdom. When you pray a prayer, your faith moves the heart of God. When you invite someone to church, your invitation could change their life forever. You know, we've been so Christianized that we see church through our eyes. Like, ooh, I wouldn't want them to see that. Wouldn't want them to hear that. And in fact, it's exactly what they need to hear because they're unchurched. And, and we're familiar with the presence of God. We're familiar with the word of God. We're familiar with the surroundings of the church. But the world is not. And everything that we offer here in this church is everything the world is dying to know and have. Amen. And it's our responsibility to be a part of what God's called us to do. Amen. If you do your part, we do our part, guess what? The impossible happens. And I believe that you are, and I believe that you will. And I know God's going to inspire you and waken you, but you matter to Faith Builders Church. You matter in every little thing that you do. And you have to believe God at that. That your part is not looked over, it's not passed by, it is important to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you today for every person in this room. God, I pray that any, any Lord, condemnation or anything that the devil would put there, we just eradicate it right now in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, we would truly have ears to hear that we are important and we have a part to play in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And I ask, Lord, that you would stir us, activate us, give us that desire, awaken our hearts. God, awaken us from sleep and slumber. Lord, give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say in this hour and in this time. And I just want to make sure that everyone here this morning knows Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And maybe you just got to reconnect. You know, maybe it's been a little while and you've been disconnected. And maybe you just want to say, I'm coming back to you, Jesus. Maybe you've never received the Lord today and you found yourself sitting in this crazy church and God brought you all the way here so that you can say yes to Jesus. Maybe you just need some hope back and some joy back and whatever it is, Jesus is the center of everything we need. There's nothing else that can bring peace, nothing else can bring joy, nothing else can bring hope. It is Jesus. And I think some of us just need to say, come back in, Jesus. Come back in. Come back into my life. Come back into my decisions. Come back in. I'm inviting you in by the Spirit. So I want everyone to say this prayer this morning, because even I'm going to say it with the heart of conviction to the Lord. Lord, I want all that you have. So just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sins. Forgive me for apathy, losing my way. Give me a heart and give me a hunger for the things of your spirit. I invite you back in, Jesus. Be the center of all I am. Give me joy. Give me hope. Give me peace and restore all things. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise. Don't forget, next Sunday, 10 a.m., one service. I'm going to be doing some fasting. If you want to do some fasting, join on in. I'm doing three days, but whatever you want to do, take time to pray for next Sunday because it's going to be a very special service. Amen? All right, love you all. I'm going to give you back to Pastor Paul. All right.